Welcome to the TPH Podcast. I'm your host, Wade Chandler. Joining me as always, Fitzy. What's up? Today, we're going to dive into something we get asked a lot of questions about. Yeah, so we were uh, we were comically reading this uh, this article from Field Ethos. It's that new uh, kind of hunting magazine. Donald Trump Jr. is involved. It's almost like a bougie. Yeah, bougie white people hunting yeah. gun hunting it's really well done like a lot of the content and stuff's awesome but there's one article in particular we saw that uh <laughs> gave us some laughs uh, it'll be yes. up on the screen right now but it's a uh, goes against everything we believe which is match bullets suck for hunting yes i mean that's kind of an open-ended statement yeah because like what is a match bullet it's just like every anything else it depends yeah so, I mean, what are, we're just going to start and go through, just dissect this guy's words, word for word? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we can, you know, read through some of it. Uh, yeah, I guess I can read it and you can respond if there's anything. Part well, you okay, so, <clears throat> the, like, almost the first, very, the very first sentence I wanted to, I have a hot take on. I have a hot take because it's bow hunting. I don't really care about it. <laughs> but. Justin likes bow hunting. Justin, I love bow hunting. <laughs> So, I mean, in the very first sentence, you know, okay, go ahead and read it off for the people. Well, I mean, uh, so keep in mind, this guy's very smarmy, um, which is, I think, intentional. Get people to, you know, controversy gets yes. people to read. As, as we're doing right now, we're feeding yes. into it. Yes. But uh, it starts off by the name of Mr. Black. I'm assuming it's a pseudonym. Uh, what if I told you field points are a better choice for bow hunters than broadheads? You'd likely spit your IPA out of the bar. You'd be doing that because it's an IPA, but not for any other reason. <laughs> there is zero question that a quality broadhead, while potentially less accurate, is a far superior solution to, uh, for ethically taking game animals. Why then are some hunters now shooting big game with bullets designed for targets? It's sheer stupidity. Go. That whole paragraph is sheer stu stupidity. Allow me to elaborate. So... He makes, he tries to use a field point and a broadhead. Okay. Assuming the broadhead is better for killing. Yeah. If you think about it like this, field point is what? It's not going to expand. It's not going to create big wound channels. It's just going to pinhole right through. We're, we're under the same assumption here. Yep. While a broadhead, yes, it's still going to go through but it's going to create a larger wound channel. So if we think about bullets for a moment, the bullets that he's a fan of that are, that are, uh, we'll get into that, but the bullets here, he's a fan of most of the time pinhole right through an animal. Yeah. Yeah. Traditional hunting bullets are going to pinhole through. And my understanding is ideally it's for larger entry exits. So you get more blood. So, my, yes, my thoughts on this are, we'll just go ahead and, you know, get it out there. Larger games such as elk and yeah. like plains game and, you know, really tough animals. Animals that you need a bullet that's going to penetrate very far. That's where I would reach for those types of bullets because they need to break big bones. They need to, yeah. you know, go all the way through the animal. Whereas, again, match bullets at close range, higher velocities, they're going to, not all of them just fragment. That's, yeah. that's a. They're not all varmint bullets. Yeah. So majority of the time, 
they're going to mushroom up, maybe fragment a little bit, but the base is still going to travel through or not always completely through. It just depends on the velocity you're pushing it and the ranges and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get further into that. I just want to, you know, and also <clears throat> trying to make the connection uh, between bow hunting and bullets is kind of stupid. I mean, I get, I get what he was going for. Like what's well, like, to, well, it's, it's a whole like appeal to, you know, tradition where it's like, you're supposed to use this for this and use this yeah. for this. So would you use this for this? And it's yeah. like, well, cool. That's just, you know, baseless platitudes. It's not actually getting us anywhere. So let's, let's go to the next one. Next paragraph. The advent of the jacketed bullet era until 1948, hunting bullets were all cup and core style, meaning a copper jacket with a soft lead core beneath. That all changed when John Nosler had a cup and core bullet fail on him during a moose hunt in British Columbia. He returned home to Oregon and sat down to invent the Nosler partition, a controlled expansion bullet that offered both expansion and penetration because it held together no matter what hit it. The premium hunting bullet was born. You, I mean, there's really I mean, nothing to take issue with there. Not really, but he's... So he's setting setting you up. He's he's setting up a premise here of using certain types of bullets, but he's referring all the way back to 1948. Projectiles have came okay, boomer, a long, long. Projectiles place. have came a long way. Rifles have came a long way. Methods of shooting have came a long cartridges. way. Cartridges, um, <laughs> yeah, cartridges. Obviously, the technology surrounding all of that and allowing you to reach out further. Yes. Like you don't have to get right up on the game. Well, John, that's not hunting. Well, no, we're going to get to that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, going to the next paragraph, as you said, he's setting it up. The partition is one of the greatest bullets ever designed and remains one of my favorites today. Other great bullets popped up over the decades. Jack Carter's trophy bonded bear claw, Swift's A-frame, Winchester's failsafe, and Barnes X all performed exceptionally well on game. Today, virtually every bullet manufacturer offers a premium controlled expansion bullet. You can barely go wrong with any of them. I'm going to, and so these are all true. Yeah. Well, it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. No. It's like, what, 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 what's your use case? Exactly. And that's where, that's where he fails. Like he's just doing the boomer thing or you just new, can, bad, old, good. Yes. New thing. You know, he's not, he's not even taking a moment to talk about like you as the ethical hunter should know what ranges you're capable of shooting at. And we'll get into the ranges here in just a minute. What game you're going for and what you as a hunter are looking for as out of the performance of your projectile. It doesn't take time to talk about it. He just talks about like these, these what I call over penetrating bullets. Yeah. But I mean, we can. Well, yeah, here's, here's where he starts to uh, get off the rails. Fast forward 70 or so years, and the hunting world has lost its collective mind. Match bullets are the hottest thing in the long-range Westie rifle world. But guess what? They're simply sleeker versions of the old cup and core bullets whose failure promoted innovation. That's right. We've stepped back, we've stepped back to 1947. That's a bit Okay, a what's, what's happened between... Uh, 70 in the last 70 years uh, we went to the moon that was a big one um you have a phone in your pocket that like can do everything including long-range ballistics calculations yes uh what else what other developments have we uh tons of developments oh in, specifically as it to yeah ammunition it's a bit absurd to be like oh well, it's kind of like that thing back then like you, you notice this pattern throughout history there are technologies that come up that aren't feasible at the time and then circle back around with new context, that thing will actually, it's viable. Or there's, you know, 
for example, you know, now you have these longer range guns, you have them with a certain level of accuracy, you're reaching out further because you have better cartridge design. It's like, that thing may have been bad at that, but it could be good at this. Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> at the time that, you know, pertaining to the bullets he's talking about, they're, they're nowhere near the same. Yeah, that'd be the manufacturing precision that's... Not even close. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's not even close. Like, those bullets, he's essentially comparing modern high-BC, like, match projectiles to what I would typically talk about, like, think about a a lead-nose lead spire point. Yeah. But... Even the lead nose spire points nowadays are significantly like probably thousands of times better than the projectiles they're producing back then because mm-hmm. they have such way better understanding of how a projectile should be made. The tolerances of the thickness of the copper, yeah, all that stuff. Like it just he's just stuck on the thing. And I don't know. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, it's going back. We've stepped back to 1947, but why? For one, everyone with a dial on a scope thinks they need to shoot animals at a thousand yards. What do you do? You hate fun? Like, come on now, man. Uh, but get, uh, but ah, don't get me wrong. I love shooting at steel targets as far away as possible. But long range hunting, for the sake of it, takes the hunt out of hunting. Traditional hunting bullets will only expand down to around eighteen hundred feet per second of velocity. There's so many things wrong with that one. Okay, let's start at eighteen hundred feet per second. That's incorrect. Typically, it's around 1,600 feet per second. And typically, you should go off the manufacturer specs. They're going to all have slightly different, but almost all of them are 1,600 feet per second. And the whole long-range hunting takes the hunt out of it. That's complete and utter horseshit. It's like opening yourself to the possibility of things you wouldn't otherwise been able to get. Well, okay. Because sometimes, I mean, you see this a lot. A lot of those guys, it's like, you couldn't have gotten closer to that animal. Exactly. That was what I was about to get to. You, if you want to expand your chances to take game, yeah, become a more proficient marksman. I'm sure this guy would be like, just hire a more expensive guide. Probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably. It's, it's, and it's still hunting. Like, tell that to the guys that are hiking up in the mountains, elk hunting every year, like putting in miles upon miles upon miles, and they do take a shot at 800,000 yards, whatever. It's still hunt. Well, there's that. Hunting. There's also that concept of like viability versus like necessity. So it's nice to know that you could take a shot that far. Like, I mean, if you see something and it's like, man, I can't get any closer. You know, ideally, it's nice to minimize distance and minimize the chance yeah. of screwing it up. But you know, I'd much rather be in a situation where I could shoot out to a thousand than one where I'm like, oh no, you have to take your game at three hundred yards yeah. ahead. Think about it like this. If you were to go back in time where, you know, what most of these guys are referring to is back in the old days where men were real hunters. If you were to go back in time with a gunworks package and hand it to them, you think they'd be like, no. I'm a man. I'm a man. I shoot everything at my musket's furthest range of accuracy, which is about 52 yards. Yeah, well... (laughs) There's always this thing that I find fascinating because I, you know, I didn't grow up as a hunter. There is this notion of like hunting as an idea versus like hunting as practical or like, you know, things for hunting as like a tool. So like people have like this idealistic notion. And if you're like, you try to be like, oh, hey, we're in the 21st century of this. It's just like, no, that's not how 
Yeah. It's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mind you, they're like, you know, driving their nice vehicle to get there, have their all their other yes. you know, creature comforts, sick cut, like thousands of dollars in, in high performance, <laughs> you know, hunting apparel. And I mean, again, going back like 1,800 feet per second, that's not, that's just not factual. It's usually 1,600 feet per second. But each individual manufacturer will have specs per projectile. And you, going back to like the thousand yards comment and all that stuff, even most of the people who are highly efficient marksmen in long range hunting typically aren't taking those shots. But if they practice enough and you as a hunter know your skill level, your maximum range, why not utilize that if you have to? Yeah, I think there's that. Uh, this came up in the past. It's like the ethics of taking like some people try to claim that long range hunting is unethical. Or right. Because I think they're. A lot of people who don't understand long range think that you're just like, you know, throwing Hail Mary. Yes. And it's like, no, no, no. When you get to a certain point, you understand your own limitations. Yeah, well, you as the ethical. The I mean, don't get me wrong. Hunter. There's probably some people out there who are 100%. just taking pot shots. 100%. That does happen. And it is, you know. And they're probably shooting traditional hunting bullets. More than likely. <laughs> so, I mean, when in the article are we going to get to like breaking more down into the bullets you want to just i think i think i think at the end we'll get okay. into that more because okay. we can we can get into some other stuff oh that. yeah that's but, right that's right so yeah i'll keep going with this it says let's say you're hunting with a 300 win mag lol belted magnums that's my entry on that uh and a 180 <laughs> grain partition the bullet will drop below its minimum expansion window at roughly 515 yards if most of your hunting knowledge comes from youtube that might sound like a chip shot 515 yards is a chip shot let's be honest here kind of is but yeah you can shoot a 300 blackout ar like a 10 inch out to that distance like no problem if most of your hunting no, okay might sound like a chip shot let me tell you that is a long long shot under average hunting conditions so you know groggy up from camp you're hung over because you're at a fancy camp you know you <laughs> drink a bunch your of McAllen, drinking a bunch of mcallen 20 and you're, you're hung over so <laughs> in all my years of hunting i always hate that uh i don't ever recall taking a shot at that distance could i sure anyone can sling lead but i could also get closer you know by hunting once again He's really, he's really trying to drive home the point that anything, I guess, over 400 yards isn't hunting. Yeah, because that's what it's curious. He says 515 yards. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, what's your acceptable range? Like, exactly. 400, 300, 200. You have to be on top of the animal. Why not just hunt with your bow? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this stuff. Like, again, he's, he's attacking hunting all the whilst claiming to be a hunter. Yeah. Hunting is hunting. Well, whether hunting is range, whatever it is whatever. to whoever's doing the hunting. Exactly. But, you know, like I said, long range hunting isn't for everybody. And you as the shooter should know what your range is. But you shouldn't like, I don't down people who like to shoot stuff at 100 yards. Yeah. I myself don't like to do it. But I will. If, if hunting and taking this game is the object I'm going to be prepared to make the longest shot possible that I feel confident with my platform in. And I know I'm going to get performance out of the projectile, but I'm not going to pass up the hundred yard shot. I'm also not going to down other hunters because they're taking close shots. Well, there's also, there's another component to it, which is, you know, if you go take a cross section of everybody who can hunt, you know, it's not the case that a lot of people can go out and hunt all new stuff and, you know, 
you know, go all over the country and do X, Y, and Z. So sometimes you need to spice up what you're already doing. Yeah. To keep it interesting to yourself. Correct. And if you have limited availability and resources, long range is a great way to do that because why not challenge yourself? Correct. So, you know, going getting into his his what he's saying there about the minimum expansion window at roughly five hundred and fifty yards, I would just like to add if you were shooting a quote unquote match projectile, your minimum expansion window is gonna be a little bit further. Maybe you should look into that. Yeah. <laughs> or alternatively look into uh, you know, a different cartridge that might Exactly. Be. One that's inherently more accurate, much like the three RPRC is. Just saying. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, other than the the digs. Um, so the same guys are pushing the concept of long-range hunting or promoting the use of match bullets. That is because only a match bullet is sufficient, sufficiently for, uh, fragile enough to expand at such low-impact velocities. If you want to shoot an elk at 1,000 yards, a match bullet is your only real option. But what happens when you use those bullets at average hunting distances? They suck. Also not true. There, again, every single year, these manufacturers... <clears throat> Are producing new bullets. <gasps> well, here, let me, let me finish reading this one. Time and time again, I've witnessed match bullets fail on heavy game when the impact velocity is high. They come apart like Challenger Space Shuttle. But this shouldn't surprise anyone. They were made to punch paper and ding steel. Okay, there you go. go Non-factual. <laughs> He's, so what this guy's probably doing is there was like a, a particular circumstance that he witnessed. Yeah. Like one, one particular circumstance that he witnessed were a... Uh, someone probably tried to shoot an elk in the shoulder through the shoulder bone with a match, like a, a real match grade projectile. And it probably did because they didn't, they didn't, they weren't doing with doing their homework. Yeah. So yeah, all match projectiles gonna aren't going to be the same. Absolutely not. Uh, on top of that, I think that'd be a good point to talk about, uh, you know, with a match projectile, there is a little bit less forgiveness in certain aspects, but it's the trade off and accuracy at long range that comes up for that. So if you want to talk about that a little bit. So again, you know, like you kind of spun it up. Yes. Not all match projectiles are going to work for an elk, a shoulder shot on elk. And that's typically through lots and lots of research. That's typically where people diverge from wanting to use match grade projectiles is elk shoulder shot. No, they're not always going to perform well on hitting large shoulders on elk. But there's a trade-off. Your traditional style hunting bullet, as it were, isn't going to be worth a shit at longer ranges. And again, I'm not going to argue with this guy on, you know, what's hunting. It's all hunting. But if you want to expand your range, like the the get to the ranges that some of these new cartridges say, like the 28 nozzle or 300 PRC, are capable of expand your capabilities. You need to be looking at match type projectile, something that is going to expand at the lower velocities. Yeah, but you also need to set a set a set boundaries, set standards. I guess you know, look at your own personal boundaries and ranges, and then look at the the boundaries and ranges of the projectile, and then know like, hey, if I shoot it in the shoulder at close range. Maybe it's not going to penetrate through the large shoulder bone or what have you. What's the education? It's like anything else. It's like knowing your dope, you know. Exactly. You, you should go into the situation knowing the capabilities of, of the system, I guess you can call it. But, yeah, if you're shooting any of those calibers, there's no reason you shouldn't be competent within a 1,000 yards. 
Exactly. I mean, well, you know, because being being solid at a thousand means if things get tricky or close up, you're just going to be that much better. Well, see, that's a lot of the guys like Gunworks. They do a good job about talking about that type of stuff. Like, if you practice out to a thousand consistently, like all the time, yeah. But you set a standard for yourself in your wind calling ability for 500 yards. I'm still going to practice to a thousand a lot because shooting at 500 yards is going to become way easier. Well, it's, there's, there's a mental aspect, the long range in general. Cause I mean, I know this as much as myself, like the first time I shot 600 with an AR, I was kind of like, it made everything else seem so much more e- like so much easier. And it wasn't that it was difficult. It was like in my mind, I was just like, Oh, that's far away. Right. And once you actually get out there and once you shoot a thousand, once you shoot past a thousand, you're kind of like, Oh, that's it. Right. And then you'll start to understand the, the intricacies of actually shooting rifles in general, which come down to things like, you know, everybody's favorite calling wind. That's like, correct. So it's going to separate everybody. And, and if you don't have that context for shooting long range, you won't even know that in the first place. And, you know, if you want to become a well, well-rounded marksman, that's kind of, it's nice to be able to shoot a thousand, especially if you have some high dollar gun with some new, newfangled hot rod cartridge. Exactly. Like, why not? So I want, I just want to break this down before we move on. We're gonna we we have a, a caliber that's capable of taking the elk at a thousand yards. And we're sitting here behind the rifle on an elk that's a thousand yards. If I get to choose my projectile, I'm gonna reach for a match style projectile because it is going to expand at that range much better than a traditional style hunting bullet or the hunting bullets that he's talking about. Now the match bullet isn't always going to punch through a large bone but think about it like this we have elk size target i'm going to try and land the bullet behind the shoulder you know that's what i'm going to be doing to where that bullet's going to do its job properly i have a much better you know there's going to be a built-in you as a the hunter should know your personal built-in wind calling ability plus or minus whatever. And that's also going to tell you what range you should be actually shooting at, but we're just going to pretend like it's with well within my reach, that thousand yard shot. So my traditional style bullet, if I hit behind the shoulder, it's just going to pinhole right through 100%. Whereas the match style bullet, it's going to expand, dump a lot more energy into the animal. And that's going to be true all the way up to certain ranges. Like if you get up all the way up to a hundred yards, it's still going to do the job. It's still going to go in there, dump a massive amount of energy on the animal, creating we lots get, of havoc and chaos in, internally. We get more comments. I feel like on that with ammo than anything. Mm-hmm. It's people like I've never seen an animal drop like that. Exactly. They always stumble a little bit and it's like, no, like, you know, if you, if you clean one, you'll see it. Yes. Yeah. Internally. There's yeah. A, we shoot animals every year to test bullets and I've used a lot, a lot. I've used a lot of traditional style bullets to see what, you know, even some of these new found ones that are supposed to be a controlled expansion and this and that the projectiles that go through almost never drop the animal right there. Yeah. Well, but you're, you're leaving energy on the table. Exactly. And that's what I can't get through people's mind. Like when you have a projectile that goes in and it comes apart or, the 
and that's another common misconception. Even at close ranges, most of these quote unquote match grade projectiles, what they do is the front part will blow up sometimes depending on the range, but the base will still travel through either all the way through the animal or it'll get almost to the other side. And it's going to dump all of that energy inside the animal, as opposed to traditional style hunting bullets. One such as he's talking about is going to utilize the energy to push the field point through the animal. And what happens is if you're in the wrong country, you lose that animal. Yeah. 100%. Well, and yeah, you have that. Cause I mean, that's the worst thing is trying to find stuff. Uh, but like you, like you were getting, you were kind of touching on this with wind is, you know, your match bullets are going to be so much better in the wind that that, that yes. horizontal variation is yes. going to impact you less. So, you know, if you're shooting a traditional bullet, that wind's going to take it and it's going to push it out from being a viable shot to, Oh no. Yes. I'm gonna have to go find this thing. Yes, hopefully. So he he gets into that. And that's what I was saving that for. Okay. Well, well. Okay. Let me read this then. And uh, uh, that said, you can often get away with this kind of dismal performance on varmint. Dismal uh, performance on <laughs> varmints, deer, and antelope that are thin skin and light bone. But even then, why why use an inferior bullet when we have so many great options available? He lists a bunch. But what about accuracy? Sure, on average, map, match bullets shoot small groups and a wider range of guns, but I have numerous rifles that shoot incredibly well with premium-controlled expansion bullets. My 7mm rim mag <laughs> doesn't even have to be said. We'll put three 175-grain partitions into a quarter of an inch at 100 yards. In theory, that's a 5-inch group at 2,000, except that's not how it works no. at all whatsoever. No. As a rule, <laughs> however, you might have to experiment with various controlled round bullets in your rifle until you find one that meets your accuracy standards. Okay, that that's a lot to unpack right there. Mainly the, you know, you have to take into environmental factors into the performance at bullets at long range. That's obvious. But even even then, like, a group at 100 is not a great, always a great indicator of the, you know, Brian Litz has that one that's famous where yeah. it's, uh, you know, 100 yards, it's this awful group, and then at 200 it tightens up, and it's like, that could actually happen. Yes. Um. Well, I mean, what he's trying to do is refer back to, you know, generic deviation, but that's just not, that's not how his 175 grade partition is going. That's just, that's this thing that got regurgitated years ago and people still like, well, it's a, it's a one inch gun at a hundred. So it's a 10 inch gun at a thousand, 20 inch gun at 2000, like standard MLA practices. But it's just not factual in the real world. Yeah, if you shot the vacuum. Exactly. And, and, you know, we're just going to go ahead and pretend like standard deviations don't happen or deviations in BC aren't a thing because that starts playing into a wide effect. That's why he says in theory because he knows why he's writing it. It is, it is also steaming hot rate. Th- three round groups. Well, okay, so to that. <laughs> In large magnum rifles, I typically will shoot three rounds. Oh, yeah. Because the barrel gets hot. Yeah. But that's just not a good indicator at all. But anyways. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, and, you know, some people listening to this, they might not have a good concept of, uh, you know, like ballistic coefficient. Exactly. And all that. But, you know, in a way to say it basically is how much... From the bullet, from when you shoot it to the target, how much does the outside environmental impacts, mainly things like gravity and wind, affect that bullet? So how like efficient is it flying through the air? Right. And these older, crappier cartridges with crappy 
traditional hunting bullets, they're going to have, you know, in the same length of time, they're going to have more, they're going to take in more of that outside influence and affect the accuracy. So it might be super accurate at hundred yards. That's fine. But right. is it going to hold up at 500? You know, you, you start stacking tolerance there and that's probably when, not. that's when <laughs> stuff gets crazy. <laughs> I'm, just so, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and say probably not. That's probably why to him, it's like, I can't imagine why, why would people shoot at 515 yards. It's insane. It's like, yeah, because you're not using the right tool for the job. Um, oh, he, I didn't realize he gets back back into this. So, Wait, what about bullet? Oh, do you want to touch on something first? It's, does that math even work out? Quarter-inch group at 100 would be a five-inch group. Would be a two-and-a-half-inch group at... Yeah. I mean, okay. math. Right. Just, but anyways... Uh, Wait, what about ballistic coefficient? We have a high BC bullet if we're going to shoot past 50 yards, right? Oh, we have to have a five a high BC bullet. Let's go back to our 300 mag at 515 yards. Our 1940s technology nozzler drops 53 inches at that distance with a 100-yard zero, which is 9.8 MOA. How about a high-tech 190-grain burger VLD? 44 inches or 8.2 MOA. Are we going to choose shitty terminal performance over dialing a few more clicks of elevation? Hell no. Stop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> stop. The only number one. That's typical boomer mentality. Is the only thing that matters when it comes to it is how much it drops. Number one. Forty-four inches and fifty-three inches. I'd have to go like actually punch in numbers to see if this is even like a. See, most of the time they they plug in these hypotheticals and they're. Nine times out of ten, complete and utter horseshit. I'd yeah. have to go back and like really look into it. So we're just gonna. Well, and not only that, you'd have to compare it for an old cartridge like a three hundred win mag, and then also get you know something new, three hundred PRC, and see what that difference is. So we're gonna we're gonna pretend for a minute like his numbers are factually correct. And we're hesitant about them. Exactly, forty four and fifty three. That's what, nine inches. Can you math that for me real quick? Wait, uh, what do you want? Nine inches. Forty four inches and fifty three inches. What about it? That's nine inches, correct? Oh, it's, yeah. Nine yeah, inches sorry. of difference. I, I didn't realize what you were asking. Yes, nine inches. Number one, let's say, okay, we're just going to pretend like his numbers are correct. We're going to go off the 44 and the 53. He, okay, he doesn't even tell you what grain projectile it is because that, okay, anyway. It's oh, 190 grain. Well, that, that's the, on the 44 inches. The first one was a 180 grain partition. Okay, okay. So, let's pretend for a moment that his numbers are correct. That's nine inches of difference. Okay. You're not always, in a hunting scenario, you're not always going to get the perfect range. You're not always going to shoot perfectly. You're going to be. You, you have to think about, up. you have to not, not just to drop at what yardage it is, but think about how that would look on like a chart. So how that curve would look from your point to, you know, let's say out to a thousand with the, Older one, it's going to be it's going to be a much taller curve versus if you have this, and it might be nine inch drop at five hundred. But let's start. Let's go to six hundred. Let's go to eight hundred. Yes, you're going to have a much sh- shorter, smaller curve, which means less variation in ranging. And so, distance. but his his main complaint was, you know, he he got into BC, and it's pretty apparent he doesn't actually understand it, but it's fine. So he got into BC. And so what he's failing to mention, and there's a reason because it kind of negates his stupid argument, is it's not so much about elevation because you can dial for elevation. It's windage. Yeah. That's the higher the BC. Literally the most important thing. The better. I guarantee you if 
if you would have added in the windage aspect, the 190 is going to walk all over his shitty partition. Yeah. <laughs> With, which has less drop despite being 10, exactly. 10 I mean, grains. Or ten, yeah. Ten, <laughs> it's, it's funny because people who just don't know, they just don't know. It's Yeah, and that's fine. Like you're like, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Like the wind is... He's, le- he's literally leaving out the most important aspect of shooting a higher bc projectile and there's also a whole nother conversation we could that could be had about giving up velocity for higher bc but that's another topic for another day but in this particular scenario he's leaving out the one of the most important parts which is wind deflection the higher bc is going to walk all over the lower bc yep if if his numbers are correct and all that but that's neither here nor there you know that would have that would have shown if it had added in that part of the whole BC thing, that uh, that definitely shelled a one ninety. Yeah, well, might have to go. Might have to go work this up in a ballistics calculator yeah. and do a little post on it. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Again, Mister you know, Black, Mister Black. Yeah, people people get stuck on drop because of the old days when Weatherby became popular and other cartridges such as this, like three hundred wind mag, like your your standard projectile was like a 150 grain and it was super flat shooting out to like say 300 yards. That's why Weatherby got so popular. That's why Ackley got so popular because they didn't have the technology of the time to dial. I was going to say turrets. who cares? It's like, you know, I get three revolutions on a turret. I'm not like, it's just a number. I, I go boo and it says this many clicks and I go, dwah, dwah, dwah. It's, yeah. it doesn't matter. So elevation isn't to me, isn't that big. Like who cares? It's yeah. the windage. It's the variation in the windage. Like that's the most important because that is the most important factor of shooting long range. Well, and especially when you're getting into a lot of what I look at is like long range hunting scenarios, which is canyons and all that other fun yes. stuff. You get into very like even even seasoned people are gonna have problems calling wind. Hundred percent. It's just part of it. Oh, and you're shooting it in cli- it gives so much to it. Anyway. Yeah. Let's let's get into this is the final final paragraph of his argument here. There's a bottom line to this. Beware of advice from someone trying to sell you something, whether it is a product or a lifestyle, says a lifestyle hunting magazine writer. <laughs> the promotion of match bullets is all about profit. You need this rifle and these bullets because you're old. I'm going to say 30-06. Can't kill yes. game at 795 yards. You do want to be a long-range hunter, right? We in the outdoor media have been complicit in this madness. Thanks to ad dollars, marketing copy is cut and pasted into editorial telling the masses how great match bullets are for everything that roams the continent. It's a lie. Just because it's named Game King doesn't mean it's great for game. I think that's a bit of a shot at Sierra. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, right? Well, that's okay. Let's, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with a certain point, which is like, everybody's trying to sell you something. Yeah. It is is what it is. That's how businesses operate. You know, this is, that, that perspective though is from somebody who, has everything they want and like they had, they're kind of set in their ways. And mm-hmm. if you, the thing is, if you're getting into new things and you're exploring new territory, like by proxy, you're going to get it. You're going to buy new stuff. Yeah. So it's not like it's some, it, this is very much like a, I'm your friends. Those other guys are trying yeah. to screw you. Yeah. Also buy this magazine subscription and look at all the ad copy and all the reviews that we do of other things. I'm just going to run under the assumption. It's probably Nosler. <laughs> right. I don't know that for they a gotta, fact. They got to spend all that money somewhere. I don't know that for exactly. I don't know that for a fact, but I I have a sneaking suspicion that this guy is a Nozzler fan. Yeah, but okay. Even outside of that, you know, let's see, we'll, we'll take like 
oh, you have to go get a new rifle chambered in whatever latest, greatest. Like, no, you don't have to. But understanding what you have, understanding what's available for that. So different projectiles for the rifle you already have. Like you can, all this can still apply to the things you own. You don't have yes, to. Correct. I mean, let's be honest, buying new bullets that's versus, you know, buying new rifles and stuff. I mean, you're not, if for the typical hunter, you're not spending that much money. Right. You know, you're shooting, you know, high end for certain hunters is hundred, a hundred rounds a year. Right. Some people it's like 20, but for a lot of these old boomers, it's, it's, you know, a box, a box a year, 19 rounds decided in and one round to, Pretty to much. shoot the animal. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not some grand cons- long range hunting isn't a grand conspiracy by the, the corporate. No, yeah, they're, they're too busy selling ARs and stuff. They don't No, Typically how it goes is something gets popular and they service that category. Well, it's like, okay, new round comes out. I think, I think I've seen this new round comes out and then. Another thing that happens is they, they create projectiles for other calibers because people are wanting their old rounds to compete with the new one too. So like it's a constant evolution as we understand more and more as it pertains to all of this stuff is new stuff's going to come out and it's not, it's not just to sell you stuff. It's this thing's actually better. And you've seen that. I mean, if you look at long range, long range hunting in the last 15 years, the level of technology and capability available to the average guy, I'm talking average guy making 50 grand a year. Right. You know, they can get technology that 15 years ago would have cost, you know, their yearly salary. Yeah. I mean, the range finders is I mean, a great example of that. I mean, ballistics calculator, I can do it on my iPhone. I already have. Yeah. I don't need to go buy a thing. Uh, yep. It's not a conspiracy, folks. <laughs> there's no, there's no Alex Jones. The, the long range hunters are coming in to, to sell you new guns, folks. You heard her here first. Uh, you know, and there is, there is some marketing stuff that happens that some people don't agree with, but for majority, most of the, most of the companies, a new category is getting more popular and long range hunting is getting more popular and all the, all it's doing is expanding your range because the progression of projectiles and calibers and everything else is allowing you to do so higher BC projectiles at higher velocities is expanding your range. So they're just servicing that category. It's not like, well, there's often (laughs) times I think a lot of people think that it's not always that, the market is downstream from the companies a lot of the times because of how especially these large corporations work they're responding to a need that's already there very slowly so there's already people yes. doing this and then they're putting products out to, to 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 fit in that market it's not like it's like an executive was sitting in a boardroom one, one day and went man what if we shot elk at a thousand yards <laughs> there were people doing it and you know feedback and you know public consciousness on these things it's like oh that's more doable oh well what if we made a product that would that would facilitate that better and that's i mean that's kind of what we've done for yeah. the most part it's like there are people doing this you, oh in this case you were doing it and you're like i want this to be better and then it just kind of turned into a business yep yeah um so yeah it's <gasps> i promise it's not a conspiracy um you know, we're going to need you to send that check. Otherwise we're going to, we're going to bust this whole thing wide open. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I love articles like this cause I love smarmy people cause I'm smarmy yes. and uh, like, I want to meet this guy. I mean, Mr. Black, if you're listening, you can we'll, we'll, we'll fly you on down here. You can have a interesting podcast argument, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all mentality. There's this, like just because you adopt a new kind of new age, new world mentality or like, you know, cutting edge, it doesn't mean you have to throw everything behind it away, but there's very much a a desire or need for people who are stuck in old ways to hate, like just instinctually hate everything new. Cause it, it's new. It must be bad. Yeah. <clears throat> Where it's like, I mean, 
because of your approach, you're much more competent and capable at the end of the day than somebody who's just like 515 yards. That's too long. You would never do that. <laughs> and what's, I mean, uh, odd ad, right? This is the longest, longest stuff you've shot. Yes. What's, what's, the, what's the furthest shot you've taken? I think 1100 something. I don't know. dad, not a, not yeah. an elk. No. All that, all that is actually a great proving ground for projectiles because the M suckers are tough. And you know, you talk, start talking about a big all dead. He's extremely tough. Yeah. Uh, it's a great proving ground for good projectiles because they literally make their living staying alive in some of the roughest country being chased by mountain lions you know, falling off cliffs and everything else. They're yeah. incredibly hardy animals. They're some of the toughest I've seen. But I've also, we've sent, there's been plenty of our ammo gone on elk hunts and done rather well. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they're loaded with match bullets. Yeah, I was going to say, so you're, <laughs> you're, let's say you're hypothetical. You're going to go on an elk hunt, uh, long, long range shots possibility. You're taking, let's say a 300 PRC. What, what, what round you running or what projectile? That's a tough one. Cause I'd want to test all kinds of stuff. I'd probably, that's take, true. That's the kind of the one downside is we, you can test on a lot of things, but you don't out here. We can't test on elk. Mm-mm. Not, 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 not as much as everything else. I'm probably going to take a 220 ELDM more than likely. I don't know. I like, I really like the 250 a tips. I was going to, I was going to ask a tips, but, but, I'll probably take the 220 LDM. Yeah. I mean, the Mo- LDX. Mostly to talk crap to people like yes, this. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of people do it, I assure you. But like I said, these little these little uh, hate fests come from someone took a match-grade bullet, whatever company it was. They shot something up close on a large animal, such as like an elk, and hit a bone. And yeah, it does at super close ranges. It may not be the best projectile or quite simply, they could have just made a shitty shot, shot it in the guts. And I don't care what projectile you shoot them with. You shoot them in the guts, something large as an elk. It's probably going to run off yeah. and you may not find it, but I will say this as it pertains to making terrible shots, I would much rather have a match style projectile. Yeah, Cause it's going more. to create lots of damage inside the animal because chances are, it's going to take it down. You're going to be able to dispatch it. Whereas traditional style or partition style projectiles are going to pinhole right through and you're never going to see the animal again. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this reads like a bunch of, uh, I believe they call it cope. This guy's coping. <laughs> um, it's, it's fine. You know, you want to shoot your, your, your seven millimeter. Yeah. I mean, the seventies were great, man. I agree. Yeah. But you know, it is 2022. It's been 50 years. We can shoot other things now. And I mean, there, again, there are particular circumstances where I would, recommend like an eldx a partition such as larger game close shots yeah they're gonna be on top of you something that's gonna break bones i still don't like the fact that it's gonna completely pinhole through that's wasted energy yeah complete and utter waste of energy whereas if you took more of a hardy style match style bullet and there are, you know, there are certain ones that are more hardy than others. It's not, it's going to, the base is going to stay together. It's going to do all that damage on the inside. It's either going to go just out or to the opposite shoulder on the skin. Yeah. That's the one I would rather take. Just my personal opinion based on lots of animals dying. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know. It's people. People, man. People on the internet. There's plenty of these types of articles that we can go over. Yeah, we won't have to worry about it in 15 years. Lasers. Wait, lasers? Lasers. What are you talking about? Yeah, we won't have to worry about this in 15 years because everybody's going to be shooting lasers. Oh, I just mean all these people are going to be in a retirement home. (laughs) (laughs) But should we... What else should we talk about? You know, I think that sums it up. Um, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking for you know solid hunting match bullets, for long range shooting, I know of a company. <laughs> I think the Ally Munitions kind of runs everything around here. But uh, and our, so I will, I will go ahead and say, if we have a loaded production for a particular, you know, particular uh, job. We've tested it. Test again. If you do your part, it's going to do its part. It's like anything else. Like um, going back to kind of his argument that pe- uh, marketing people are just you know tapping into your brain. It's actually true to some extent. Know your tools. Know just know what you're doing. Know your tools. Know, your know what they're supposed to be. You know, you, it doesn't take very long to dig through to understand what something is intended for. And once you kind of practice a little bit, you'll. Under, you, you, once you get to a point, and again, it goes back, like once you start shooting long range, you start to understand things that you wouldn't even have thought to ask the question of before. And so the more you expand that, the more capable you are, then it it starts to matter a lot less at a certain point. Where, exactly. Yeah, you're not going to, oh, look, that has a cool new name on that projectile. I mean, that's how most people buy. Oh, look at the box right. in that one. That's it's shiny. Well, a lot of days people. Or that's what this person told me to shoot. A lot of days, once they get into long range shooting, they start down this path of, I gotta get the highest BC projector. Yeah, which that could be a whole other podcast. Completely a whole other podcast, and we'll get into you know eventually. But yeah, Mister Black, uh, you know you're welcome. Welcome to come out here to good old West Texas. Um, <laughs> we can debate the subject. We can debate it. Uh, other than that, I really like uh, I really like what Field Ethos is doing though. I mean, it's I think it's like I, I know it involves Don Don Junior somehow, but. Like very aesthetic photography, so I'm, you know I'm a fan. Right. I actually need a. I guess I need to sign up for the subscription. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't like the way. Like if you're gonna have an outdoor hunting style magazine, I don't like attacking other hunters. It's kind of stupid. Well, no, no. Here's the deal. It did exactly what they wanted it to do, or what yes, what this guy wanted worked. to do. Is uh, we're talking about it. We're now pitching. We're now shilling filled ethos. Use coupon. Code. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's, well, that's what a lot of these people do. Field and Streams is guilty of it. Ron yeah. Spoomer's like the patron saint of it. Like he he's figured out a way to upset everybody. Well, that's okay. This comes back into a much larger argument, which is the the way to be the way to get engagement on social media and everything else yes. is to do that. Is if you know, if I ran this magazine, I would be having somebody write about how much match bullets suck, and I would have somebody writing about how great they are and how traditional hunters are awful. Because that's yeah, that's how you get views. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, that's pretty much it. Thanks for watching. Be sure to like, subscribe, all that stuff. Comment down below. Yes. What your favorite projectile is to hunt with? Yeah. If you don't agree with us, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. But if you do agree with us. We'd also like to hear that too. Comment, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. Help us feed the algorithm. Yeah, and if you have any questions about any of this, I mean, yeah. post them down below. We will go through them, and or even you know, if we need to talk about another podcast. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for watching.
See you guys next time.